Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple of Arslings, The Last Kingdom Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I am Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wire's fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, what's up? Uh, it's, um, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> How that are was you? Quite, that was quite a sigh. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're both, like, like just so wiped. And I'm sorry that we keep, like, starting these podcasts that way. I know, I'm, like, in I the know. middle of a move, so, like, everything is draining. <laughs> Moving moving is one of the worst things in life. Like, even if you're going to a better place and, like, you're excited about being there, the process of moving, it's hell on earth, truly. Yeah, it is it is the worst. And even when you're, you know, I am very lucky that my roommate and best friend who I live with is is so good about packing and being organized. She loves all that stuff. So she's, like, really taken the reins on that, which is nice. Um, I just, like, find ways to, like, put extra stress on myself um, oh, no. and, like, feed my anxiety. So it's it's been great. And also, we made the huge mistake of taking down our curtains, like, earlier in the week. Uh-huh. So it's like, I rise with the fucking dawn now. And oh. I hate that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's <laughs> first world problems, but they're still problems. Right. Um, and speaking of, I want to talk about something that I think we've both, like, seen on Twitter that has, like, just really pissed me off. Uh, I've gotten very, like, offended by this, <laughs> and I didn't think I would. <laughs> so it's, like, there's this tweet going around. Um, I, sh- I should try and find, like, the exact tweet. But it's basically, like, you know, we've got, like, one month left of the decade. We're coming to the end of 2019. We're going to start 2020. So it's, like, it's asking, you know, what have you done, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the past, like, 10 years? And I'm so offended by that question. Like, I've survived. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? You know, it's one of those things, like, I... I understand where they're coming from, and I think they intend it as a way for people to celebrate how they, how far they've come and, like, what they've accomplished and all that. But it feels very confrontational, and I feel like at the same time it also puts a lot of pressure on really arbitrary, like, points of accomplishment. Like, you have to do this by the time you're 25 and this by the time you're 30 and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's been a big decade for me. Like, I graduated college in 2011. I, like, you know, I moved a lot, you know, switched jobs a lot. And I, I've accomplished a lot that I'm proud of. But at the same time, just the idea that you are what you've done instead of, like, the person that you've developed into, I think that could be a really dangerous game to play. Yeah. 
so, you know, I feel like this kind of relates to The Last Kingdom a bit because I feel like this is a tweet that Alfred would totally, like, answer <laughs> just very straightforward. Like, I've united right. England. I've got rid of the Danes. You know what I mean? Right. And some people do answer it that way. Like, some people, right. like, list out their accomplishments, which is wonderful. And I think that people should have the space to celebrate what they've done. Sure. But I also really appreciated the people who were like, you know, I've done this for my mental health. I've grown this way as a person. I like seeing that in sort of taking stock to who you are more than what you've done you know yeah because we've all done I mean if I actually think about it I have done so much which is it's nice to like look at it in that way but I I think just the way the question is asked so I would like to kind of supplement that question there's another question that someone asked Philip uh, Philip Henry on Twitter and he said there's only one month left in this decade how many of your enemies are still alive (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's the better question that's a very last kingdom question such a last kingdom question I'm sure he's a fan but yeah a lot of people are like kind of doing a riff on on this which is why I you know sometimes I really do love Twitter and that's one of the reasons is people are so funny and people are very, you know, quick and much smarter than I am. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, ask yourself any of those questions if you feel mm. like it. If not, sure. don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think self-reflection is good. I'm always a fan of that. And I think setting goals that you want to accomplish is good. But also, I think we get so focused on the Twitter flex and like, this is all I've done it's better mm-hmm. than you or they've done so much more than me. How do I, you know, possibly measure up? I think, you know, compare yourself to who you were at the beginning of the decade and hopefully, you know, you've made yourself proud. I don't know. Is that hella cheesy? That's pretty cheesy. But I think that's I st- very inspiring. I, st- I stand by it. I stand yeah, by what? it. This is our little self-help corner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We didn't know we were going to have it, but here it is. (laughs) Sometimes you need that. I feel like this is a very emotional episode. I I really like it when The Last Kingdom kind of takes things back and focuses on the relationships. And I feel like everybody did a little bit of emotional healing in this episode. Yeah, there was definitely some coming together, some, you know, healing of old wounds. Making amends, I think, is like the biggest thing that this this episode did between a lot of its main characters. And um, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be like that when we start off, because we start off right where we left off, which is, you know, Uhtred and his bros are in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fighting Heston's men. They're surrounded. You know, it's not not a great time. And. Alfred's just kind of sitting up in the woods with his army, just, you know, waiting to see what happens. Father! We cannot wait! We cannot! For Wessex! And for the king! For the king! Edward really comes in clutch, and he kind of takes the reins and is like, well, if you're not going to do this, Dad, I'm going to do it. Um, And rides in and, and, you know, helps Uhtred out and... Uh, it's not soon enough to prevent our baby monk from getting injured, but Aww. <laughs> it does it does its part. I know. Oh God, my heart. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does it does end up, you know, shooing Heston off, and and it's nice to see Heston kind of, you know, shit in his pants a little bit. That was always that's always good yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of wish he had, you know, actually been able to like get to him. 
and take him out because Heston is just such a cockroach. I'm ready for somebody to actually get the jump on him, but he's, <laughs> he clings to life with a real iron fist that he's... <laughs> Please, you know the you know. show had to like tease us like you knew it wasn't gonna give right. us what we wanted I right know. away <laughs> i know but yeah heston gets away and he takes skate with him and yeah but he loses like ha- over half of his men and it's a real victory for edward and for utrid but yeah of course you know that's still not gonna go over great with alfred he has this moment with utrid sort of after the battle when they've you know taken bamfleot and so he basically he brings Uhtred before him and he thanks him for what he did but also he's pretty sure he just manipulated Edward in a way that you know gets him back into his good graces and can't just accept at face value that Uhtred was genuinely trying to help him right and here's the thing if Alfred so many choices that Alfred has made has been like double-sided so they've been to to help something else, to make something else happen, but to also help himself in some way. Sure. So to see to see Uhtred do that and have such a problem with it just makes no sense to me. Like, yes, you know, Uhtred was going to get something out of this. Like, God forbid Uhtred do something for himself. Mm-hmm. But the main reason that he aligned with Edward and, and they chose this route was because it meant that the Danes would not be able to attack. They've kind of lost right. a third of their their fighting force. So why can't it be both? I mean, I just don't... That whole, you know, back and forth between them where Alfred was, you know, angry that Uhtred had manipulated Edward, it was just like, this is so pointless. Like, it all worked out. What What's the big fucking deal? He has proven that he has courage, but also that he can be manipulated. You used him to serve your own purpose. No, Lord, he saw a way to weaken an enemy. The Danes' march has been halted. They will not attack this winter. You do your son a disservice, all to accuse me of manipulation. Well, I just, I feel like Alfred sees things so black and white that he can't, he can't accept that there are, you know, there's a little bit more nuance to it than that. You know what I mean? Like, Edward came to Uhtred and asked him for help in a way that... Alpha kind of sees it as Uhtred taking advantage of Edward when Edward was really the aggressor in mm. that way. Like, he basically went to see him and gave him his men, and it's not something that Uhtred asked him to do. And so, but he is just, he's so focused on the fact that Uhtred still has those Danish ties in a way that he just, he can't get past it. He can't get past the fact that he's not a Christian and he can't see him as an equal ever. But of course, he's still willing to use him whenever mm-hmm. he is available for his purposes. Because that is, I mean, that is Alfred's MO. Like, he's always gonna, you know, refuse to embrace anything pagan, but he's also going to use that to his advantage when he can do so. And it's just, it's such a pattern with him and I'm really over it. Yeah, he's such a, a such a user, um, and I'm happy that Uhtred at least has wised up. Uh, yeah. And so Uhtred, you know, they have this kind of moment, and it, it almost feels like this is this might be the last moment they have. We don't, you know, we don't know, but it's a cold kind of goodbye. Very cold, yeah. And Uhtred rides off to Ethelflaed's estate with his men. You know, they're going to let Osforth kind of recover there. Um, they're going to rest, they're going to regroup and figure out their next move now that, you know, the Danes have kind of been halted for the winter. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we check back in first. Before we go to Ethelred's estate, we check back in with the Danes and, 
you know, Heston's riding up broken. He's lost half his men. He's lost Dagfin, which is like his best bro. His boy. Um, <laughs> his boy. So he's pretty pissed, gets off that horse real quick and, and finds a, a mug of ale and, um, you know, lays his claim to Skade. And God, these Viking warlords are so messy. <laughs> I'm so sick of them. I'm so sick of them being like, Skade's mine. Actually, she's mine. And it's just... They're just they're so petty and they don't have they don't have the presence of mind to do what's right for their army. So they're always going to be like squabbling amongst each other because they can't just sit back and let somebody else have power or somebody else even have just a little bit more power. They're always going to be grasping for their own, you know benefit and not for the benefit of the army so they're they're never going to be able to be the true threat that they could be because there's no unity there none at all yeah and it's so interesting because i i see kind of what purpose skade serves in utrid's story i mean Mm -hmm. she's she's a catalyst for a lot of things and she's something that he's actively fighting against because she's cursed him but you know when it comes to like skade's involvement in in Dane, you know, Viking warrior affairs, like with these with these three, with Canute, Bloodhair, and Heston, it's just it's such a bad look. I mean, I I enjoy watching her kind of divide them with, you know, her intense eye contact and <laughs> her like snarky one liners. But like, I have not seen enough like witchcraft to justify this level of like importance yes. that they place on her. I don't understand it. Like. Sure, she's talked about, like, Uhtred's curse or whatever. She's talked a lot about how Alfred's going to die and how that's going to be great for them. But, like, she she didn't know that Alfred was still alive, you mm-hmm. know, and that information is a big deal. And she she hasn't given them enough power to justify, like you said, to justify this kind of, we need her. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's so weird. And it's like, this is, I mean, obviously, I want to see some spells. Like, I want to see too. some magic happening. Me but, too. I am like, willing to be like, yeah, I'm sure okay. she's powerful. Yeah. But, like, I want to <laughs> see it. I want to see it. Well, okay, we've seen, and this is my thing, is, like, you know, Bloodhair and Canute weren't around. But Heston was around when that dude was raised from the grave. He's right. seen some, like, quote-unquote, magic right it's just it's kind of mind-boggling to me that we're all just fighting over this woman for for really no reason and so that's like that's a big part of of what keeps the danes occupied um you know while utrid and and the rest are at ethel flood's estate um you know they're having fun drinking you know around the fire utrid is off sulking because that's what he does right <laughs> gotta go brood brood <laughs> in the cold brood. on the stoop you know, he's he's too pretty not to brood at least once an episode right um so that's what he he spends a lot of the time doing he has a, a nice little chat with ethelfled and she's offering him land and a place in mercia for his men and Ugh. um it sounds like so wonderful, but it, I think we all knew that Uhtred was not going to take that out. No, he can't take that out. And I think he also knows that that would never go well either. Like living mm-hmm. that close to Athelred, Athelred would never let him rest in Mercia. Literally never. So, I mean, as wonderful as that gesture was from Athelflaed, it's just, it's not what Uhtred needs right now. What he needs is to help Ragnar. So mm-hmm. he is planning to go 
find his grave and figure out a way to like break the curse and so Ragnar can go to Valhalla instead of being stuck in Niflheim is that how they pronounce Niflheim stuck in hell Um, he's in hell y'all he's in hell (laughs) it's bad and so he goes to talk to Finnan and Citric who are both like bone tired and Mm. Citric is like real hanky about this curse so he's over it (laughs) he is so over it he's restless he's belligerent he's mad that he had to like leave his wife and he really lets Uhtred know that this is bullshit and he hates him and he's not his real dad and so he's just like <laughs> he's over it if you are unhappy in my service leave i have fought for you i fight because you enjoy it and you would dismiss me as easy as this stay or go i do not care he does not mean that he does care no let us all sit like we've said in the past like citric is such like a quiet presence mm. and in this episode he's like so mad and in Uhtred's face and they have a real falling out like despite Finnan's best attempts to be a mediator I it really hurt me though when um, Uhtred called him Kjartan's son though oh, that was that was mean that like was I get too it far. everybody was mad but that was too far but Uhtred's the adult in this situation right <laughs> Citric's <laughs> just the kid <laughs> um, no it definitely felt like that it felt like a stepdad and stepson kind of like right. just going at it and <laughs> poor Finnan's just in between them like asking them to sleep <laughs> he understands the power of a good night of sleep but Look, nobody is listening to him we're all we're hangry you know just take right. a nap eat, eat a, a chicken bar. thigh right. yeah, I don't know um, <laughs> chicken thigh <laughs> Whatever they eat in those times, right, right. I saw them roasting something over a fire. Um, right, but yeah, so it's 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 sad. It's it it kind of feels you know a long time coming because you know we've talked about how indecisive Uhtred has been this season, mm-hmm. and it's we've seen Finnan kind of speak up in in a way that's. Uh, he approaches it in a way that's kind of casual and not accusing and not like very, it doesn't put Uhtred on the defensive as mm-hmm. much as this does. But I think we needed to see that because we needed to be reminded that these men are sacrificing a lot for this dude. A I mean, lot. of course they, they love him. They follow him. He's their Lord and he's done a lot for them, but especially this season, they are really giving their lives for him and mm-hmm. not just theirs, but you know, the people that they care about who are back in Wessex, like they don't know when, if they're ever going to see them again. I mean, it's, it's a lot to ask. And so I feel like Citrix kind of anger is, is really earned um, in yeah. this moment because what are we doing? It's not, it's not inspiring. You know, Uhtred has led them on a lot of quests and it's mm-hmm. it's all been very like inspiring stuff like let's, you know, take back the kingdom, let's get glory for ourselves, but there's nothing inspiring about kind of tracking across the continent for like a booty call. I don't right. care who the sorceress is. Right. Yeah, you know, um you know, Citric basically tells him that he's willing to make the square and to fight him and that's really heartbreaking and Uhtred He's, you know, he walks away. He's like over it. He's not going to fight him. But he tells him, you know, I'm leaving in the morning. And if you're still here, I'll kill you. So Citrix, like on the outs, he claims that Uhtred has cursed them all. It's really bad. And he leaves. And on his way out, like he frees Dagfin and leaves with the Danish prisoners. So it's it's a real bummer. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a, that's a choice. I mean, helping, leaving just on your own is one thing, but, but helping to betray Uhtred by releasing Dagvin and and the rest of his men and then, you know, planning to go with them. That's, you know, that's something you can't come back from. And so. That's burning a bridge behind you. It really is. And I just, poor Finnan, when he finds out, I just can't Uh, imagine how heartbroken he's going to be. It's devastating. Yeah, so so they're dealing with kind of this turmoil at Ethelflaed's estate, and Uhtred has ridden off, um, and things aren't going really well for the Danes at this point either. I mean, they've got some infighting happening as well. I mean, I kind of, like, enjoy their infighting more than the Cookham Cruise inviting. Oh, for sure. I love, like, I live for this drama. It is so good. And I really loved the moment where Canute, like, basically spills the beans that Athelwald was the one who killed Ragnar. And so now he has that information on Athelwald, you know, because I think the, like, the other lords, like, they, they, first of all, didn't really believe him that it was Athelwald who did it. But they also mm. know that, like, the way he did it now was completely without honor. And so I think they sort of see that as a way into manipulating him to do whatever they want. And so they basically tell him that he needs to return to Wessex, beg forgiveness from Alfred and kind of like get back in his good graces. And in a way, like steal his army and kill Uhtred. And Athelwald, that is way (laughs) beyond his capabilities. And he knows that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I kind of feel... so. Of course, they're very, they're, they're messy men, but they're not totally stupid. And I feel right. like they kind of know, like, this they, is, he, he's not. They're sending him this. off to fail. Yeah. But they're they just, they're I sick think of they dealing just with him. They just want to get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, like, I'm tired of having you around. Like, he did just his job. Get out he, of killed, here. he killed Ragnar, and now there's really nothing else you can do for us. So, bye. Yeah. yeah so, you know, Ethelwald is kind of played himself and I mm-hmm. love to see it because he thinks yeah. he's so smart. It's really interesting to kind of see how this thing is playing out with the Vikings. I mean, it's it's going just as Uhtred predicted, you know, like yeah. if they don't have a leader to unite them, it, they're just going to start fighting amongst themselves and eventually it's, you know, this whole thing is going to kind of fall to pieces. Right. Honestly, if I were like an in- infantryman in this army, I would have, you know, Bye. I would have been gone. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I don't know, like, how they keep, like, the loyalty of their men when they're just, like, over squabbling about skate and, you know, who killed who. It's just so, it's so petty. Yeah. Um, it's such a, like, a mean girl's vibe that I got this Very episode much from so. these bros. <laughs> right. Right. I would say that Heston is Gretchen Wieners. I think that. that oh, yeah. The, the hair. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and Canute could be, um, he could be Regina George, I think, at this I think point. That's, I think that's fair. Does that make Bloodhair Karen? I wonder if he can tell that it's already it's raining. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to rain. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, he has ESPN. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. They're really, you know, like you said, they're really struggling without a clear leader. And that's that's one thing you got to give the Saxons is they do understand like 
there has to be somebody that's in charge. And Alfred knows that really well. And so in this episode, he kind of finally decides that he's going to start transitioning power to Edward. Mm. And he talks to Bayoka and he basically tells him, look, like after everything that's happened, I can't just welcome Uhtred back with open arms. But I also know that Edward needs him. So after I'm gone, Edward needs to like bring him into his council and you have to tell him to do that. Mm-hmm. Which is so smart, because if anyone can, you know, get to Uhtred, it's, it's Bioka. And yeah. Edward has already kind of come through for Uhtred, which is something that, that Bioka will definitely use uh, sure. to kind of convince him of this. And so even when, even when, you know, Alfred's being a tool and he's like half in the grave, he's still kind of plotting to make this unified England happen. And he knows you know, Uhtred's not going to help him anymore. Their their relationship, that bridge is burned. But there's something there between him and Edward. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll go better. And so Edward kind of comes in and and they have this talk of... You can see, like, some real growth and maturity on Edward's, Edward's part. Because, you know, he's like, I realize I should not have made that promise. I did a lot of things I shouldn't do. I'm not... I don't regret them. But, you know, you're the king and I... I assumed kind of control and he kind of wants to make amends. And of course, Aylesworth is like, well, I've got a girl for you to marry then. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that was kind of, you know, Alfred points out that he was basically hosting an insurrection and he went behind his back and pledged an army to a man who was an outlaw. But he also saw this sort of as Edward taking on, a leadership role in making decisions for himself. And so he realizes that because he is capable of making those choices, even if they're against his father, that means that he's more ready than he's ever been to be king. Mm-hmm. Which has got a, God, what a, like a double-edged sword, because as a dad, right. you've got to be like, Ugh, like my kid is just like going against me and, and being so annoying. But then also you have to be You're like so proud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like at least I know when I'm dead, you know, he's got some balls on him. So yeah, so it's an it's an interesting kind of dynamic that they've they've grown throughout the season and it feels like it's kind of coming to a head and you feel like that transition of power between these two. Um I'm interested to see if if Al- Alfred could really like stick to this and like commit to to trusting his son a little bit more and like handing over the reins, I feel like that's so against his, it his is. character. <laughs> it's 100% against everything we know about Alfred because the man is not able to ever let go of any power. But I guess, you know, death sort of makes you reflective. And as he's you know, staring down the barrel of the afterlife, he's worked so hard to build a unified England that he needs to make sure that Edward can handle it. You gotta, you gotta put your chips in some someone's basket, I guess. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, that's that's all going on. It's really though, it takes a back seat because the most important thing of this episode is Ugh. that Brita and Uhtred are back together again. Our medieval it's, duo rides again. Right. It's I just. I love this so much. So basically, it's season one vibes. Yes. Um, so yeah, Uhtred rides to find Ragnar's grave and Brita is there. She was waiting for him because like, even though she calls him a traitor and talks about how much he's betrayed Ragnar and abandoned him, she also knows Uhtred. Like she knows him so well and she knows he's going to show up and he's going to want to see it for himself. 
Um, so they have this moment where they're kind of talking about how he betrays him and how he's she's so mad at him for all that he's done. And they're sitting around a fire and then she, you know, puts out the fire and he's super mad. She's like, listen, Ragnar's cold in hell. So, so are you. <laughs> and so it just, you know, if Ragnar suffers, we're all going to suffer is basically the stance that she's taking. And so they, yeah, it's a bit of a rocky beginning to this yeah. reunion. It's very tense. I love Mm -hmm. that whole, like, you know, inner, like, exchange where she's like, you will find no comfort here. So (laughs) good. Yes. Um, She deserves to feel whatever she wants to feel. And so, yeah, they're they're kind of palling around around Ragnar's grave and and, um, these, a, a few Viking kind of right up on a hill and they're not sure who they are. And so it kind of spurs them to make a decision like, all right, we need to, like, actually make some moves, Mm -hmm. like, figure out what we're going to do to help Ragnar. And Uhtred has the bright idea that, of course, like, we need a seer. Uh, we need someone who understands these kinds of things. We can't use skate, obviously. So obviously, who's the only other seer that exists? Stories back <laughs> in this entire kingdom. It's story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I God, poor Brita. I mean, I wanted to like. I'm. Ex- I was excited when they said Story's name because I'm like, maybe Brita will shove like a whole tree up his ass this time. You know, right? Bring that but, back again. <laughs> but like to to see to have to like see her interact with this guy who's cursed her. Awful. Just the worst, and he's taken so much from her. And yeah, so they, you know, obviously Uhtred doesn't know that really at this point. So they're kind of writing to to see. Uh, story. They have a little scuffle with um, some of Canute's men who have, I guess, been like keeping tabs on Brita. Like, I think not about just, that. Yeah, they've. You know, it, Canute has made it very clear that he wants her. Um, so I think he's basically just had some of his men, you know, following her. And now that they see that she's with Uhtred, they are tasked to kill Uhtred and take her back to Canute. And she's basically like, "No, fuck you. Do not change, woman." I spared you for Ragnar. There was a moment after the men have left, because she basically sends him away and is like, fine, I'll be his woman if you just, like, leave me alone so I can do this thing. Yeah. Um, And I liked that moment where Uhtred kind of forgets that they have this this thing between them and how there's, you know, they aren't like they used to be when he kind of like taps her with his sword and is like, you do not change, woman. And she's Mm. like, and it's such a nice just like that casual intimacy, but she's immediately like, I only spared you for Ragnar. Like, it's not like it was, it never will be kind of vibe. But yeah, and then they have this moment where they're like riding along and he's like, let's race. And she's like, you're a child. But then obviously they're going to race. And it's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's just such a nice, a nice respite for both of them. I think, you know, after everything that's happened and how they've been on different sides of this conflict for so long, but there is always going to be that undercurrent of, I know you, I know who you are, and that's never going to change. And that's a really rare thing, I think, to have on the show and in real life, but like, especially on the show. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just so, it's so nice to, they've, they've been through like a lot and they've, their relationship has entered many different phases, you know, and it's come a long way from where it started. And to see them interact now, like with everything they've been through, they've both lost someone that they loved, like their 
the the big love of their life is dead. Yeah. They're mourning those those people and they're trying to figure out where they go next in life and where they belong. And so yeah, to see to see them kind of bonding again and not in a way that's like really romantic or sexual at all. Like I'm so no, glad not at all. Yeah. that the show did not, you know, do that, like force that. Because I don't think that's where they are or maybe will ever be again. And I think that's right. okay. I think that's needed because that's not what either of them need at this point. Like they don't need like a significant other. They need, you know, someone that's closer than that. They need a bond that's like familial and that feels safe and comfortable and um you know, I think Brita knows, even though she's pissed off at Uhtred, I think they know that they can count on each other, especially to do this thing for Ragnar. And that's what she needs the most, someone she can count on. Yeah, and he, you know, he really takes a moment to, you know, let her know how all in he is on helping Ragnar when she's giving him a hard time and talking about how many times he's betrayed him. And he finally tells her about what really happened. Oh, thank God. Um, and, you know, after... Um, Ragnar saved him in season two from slavery and brings her home and they accidentally killed the priest and then Alfred was going to kill Ragnar and the only way that he could save him was to sign up for Alfred's service again. So Brita has held him re-vowing to Alfred. for She's held that against him for such a long time and he lets her know that he did it specifically to save Ragnar. And that really chastens her. Like she, you know, she's really overcome with emotion and she gives him a kiss and she says that it's for or from Ragnar and from me. I've always loved you. Not as a wife. <laughs> <laughs> no longer as a wife. You will always be half my life. It's such a beautiful moment. Got a little choked up watching it. (laughs) And, you know, he tells her, like you said, like it's a more of a familial bond. Like, you know, he tells her that he's always loved her, but not as a wife, like no longer as a wife. Um, But you'll always be half of my life. And it's just this reforging of this bond, even though like it's not going to last forever because they're going to go separate ways. He is going to go back to the Saxons. She is going to go back to the Danes. But just reaffirming that they are important to each other and they always will be. It was it was so good. Look, I can only hope that one day someone tells me. That I'm half their life and all of their madness. Like, right? that is just, that even would... if it's not like a romantic thing, just to hear that is like, ugh, like, it's so sweet. Like, their relationship is just so raw and genuine. And, yeah. um, yeah, so they're off kind of on this quest to find story. Yeah. Uh, yay, we find story. He's still a, <laughs> like, dirtbag. Um, right. He's living in this village, freaking everybody out, exploiting <laughs> yeah, their he's fear. he's the worst. He's he terrible. the worst. But yeah. Um, I can't believe that Abba died and this turd did not. Like, it right? still bothers me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he is surprisingly not thrilled to see Brita again. He's still what? afraid of her. He's afraid <laughs> of her going anywhere near his asshole. And it's just, it's a pretty good moment. Um, but yeah, they they take him. They take him. He takes them back to his like creepy little hovel, Ugh. and he tries to run away though, which is just a foolish move. Like he was I never mean, gonna get away from them. Come on, this is the woman on, who dude. stuck a branch of your ass. Story like you're gonna shit blood again. It's fine. Just accept it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I love that that he tries to run away. They obviously, you know, catch him, and he's like, I'm so sorry, it's just, like, habit. And it's like, well, right. maybe it wouldn't be habit if you didn't go around throwing curses at people. Mm. Um you know, maybe she just tried to be, like, nice and, <laughs> I don't know, like, not such a dick all the time. Right. Um, but, yeah, so so he decides, like, I, I better help them or they're going to kill me. He plays with them a lot, which is, it's so frustrating. And you can feel how annoyed, like, both of them start to get and it just kind of builds and builds. And if I were a story, I would not be taking that approach. Like, right? I'd be like, what can I do for you? Let me lay it all out. Right. Like, no charge, you know? Exactly. Just... He is not playing the game very well. Yeah, you've got, you don't have your Viking, like, warlord to protect you anymore. You've got nothing, like, going for you. Like, just offer your services and, like, pray that they don't kill you you know what i mean don't don't be over here like making cracking jokes about oh maybe i'm gonna kill myself like just (laughs) come on dude read the room yeah um so basically he takes a potion to get a vision whatever he's doing (laughs) um and haven't we all (laughs) (laughs) and he tells them okay so basically you have to wet ragnar's sword with his blood and kill the man who killed ragnar with that sword and that's the that only way legit. that he can enter Valhalla. Um, but Uhtred is like, all right. Or no, Brita tells him, you know, Ragnar is dead in the ground. He doesn't have any blood left. So basically they have to find Tira again and get blood from her because she's the closest thing they have to Ragnar's blood. And after they've like figured out what they need to do with Ragnar, Uhtred asks Story how to kill a curse. And that kind of, like, triggers something in Brita, and she, like, chokes out Story. Like, completely just straight-up murders him by choking yeah. him. She, go- she goes ham. Like, she goes yeah. hard. Yeah. And um, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a good moment. And she, I like it when she's, like, screaming at Uhtred, like, trust me, don't interfere. Just let me do this. And he <laughs> listens, which is, it's so good. My God, he listens to a woman. That's crazy. (laughs) I know. Um, Um. (laughs) But yeah, so basically she tells, after she's killed the story, she tells Uhtred that the way to break a curse is you have to kill the sorcerer who cast it without breaking the skin. Um, And Uhtred has to do the same for Skade now. Um, and, And we find out that story cursed Brita to be barren, and that's why she stuck the branch up his ass. Like, Brita's been living with this curse for so long, and that's... It's the worst. You've lived at your own curse? Yes. For what it's worth. Why not sooner? Because I was a warrior first. It's so heartbreaking. I mean, I feel like I... Even before we watched this episode, I knew that... You know, she's... Obviously, she's barren. She can't have children. And the way that she's interacted with Skade and kind of been able to help Uhtred along the way with that curse business, I just had a feeling like there was something more to her interaction with Story, even, you know, in the Mm. first season when she had, you know, kind of interactions with him. And so it's nice that Uhtred finally learns that, um, because I think that's so important. That's something that's obviously, you know, had such an impact on her life and, and really ruined a lot of things. And so I think it's important for Uhtred to know that. Um, I also love just how fucking petty uh, Brita is with this whole thing because she knew how to right. get rid of that curse. And she didn't tell him get-go. because she wanted him to suffer. 
Um, like, yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think I think she wanted him to suffer, but I feel like she also wanted to be sure of him. That's what she told him, you know, in the beginning yeah. of the season. And I think she was right to do that because he made some choices along the way that really caused her to doubt his loyalty and who he was, who he was for in the end. And so I think this quest he's earned, you know, he's earned the right to know how to break that curse from her. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, I think it's, you know, obviously it's a little bit petty because you do want him to suffer, but I think there was, there was real reason for it. Sure. Um, And so now Uhtred knows how to break this curse. Uh, Brita and Uhtred know how to help Ragnar and hopefully all of that happens soon. So that yeah. we can get to war. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they basically, like, he reiterates to her that he believes, you know, they're bound as one, even if she hates him. Like, they're always going to have that bond. And I think now that they're, like, splitting up again, like, he's going to go find Skate and kill the curse and then and get some blood from Tira. And Bree is going to find out who killed Ragnar. So they both have these objectives that they have to do alone, but they know that the other person has their back now. And I think having that again will be really important for both of them. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Now's a good time to get to our next episode wishes. Mm -hmm. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa? Um, so basically, like I was talking a second ago, like I really, Brita and Uhtred's relationship is probably my favorite on the entire show. So I'm really excited to sort of see more of this mission, even though they're not going to be together while they do it. They're working as a team. Um, and I like that they have this sort of clear directive. So they both know what they need to do and how to do it. Like, it's going to be difficult. You know, she's got to go all CSI and figure out who find <laughs> who killed Ragnar. And he has to steal Skade back and then kill her in a way that, you know, won't break the skin so he can break the curse. So he's got like a lot to do. But they know... They know what they need to do now. And these are two people who are hurting. And I'm really glad that they have something to sort of keep their minds off of their pain and focus on how to fix things. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. And I'm I'm really I'm pretty stoked to see, like, how Alfred handles the transition of power to Edward. Like, he finally made the decision to hand over the reins. But dying makes people unpredictable. So who knows what he's going to do next? Yeah, it's all kind of up in the air. Um 
I hope I hope that Uhtred can can get his part done. Go get Tyr's blood. Um, you know, let's kill Athelwald. Let's stick some branches up dudes' asses. I don't Do care. It. I'm just ready <laughs> to make some moves. I'm ready to have these plans and, you know, carry them out. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of chaos this season, and so it's nice to, like, okay, we have objectives. Like, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Like, the the kind of, you know, the planner in me that's, like, deep, deep down hidden somewhere really enjoys that. So, let's, (laughs) like, get to this focus now. Yeah, they're (laughs) not just, like, rolling around doing whatever. Now they have a goal and they have a focus, and I think that's going to benefit everybody. So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who is your arsling this episode? I mean, I think, you know, Brita's always my arsling of the episode, because even when she's not in an episode. Right. Um, Brita's doing great somewhere. (laughs) Even if I don't see her, I know she's doing great. I just know. Yeah, I have faith. Um, I'll let you stand her this episode, and Mm. I'm going to give Uhtred a shout out, because I don't I don't do that enough on this show. I'm I'm really hard on our little our little Viking warrior. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to give him some much needed praise. He's put his whole life on hold. He's got a lot of problems that require his attention, and yet he still rides off to help Brita save Ragnar, mm. um, to, to mourn his brother, and to most importantly try to make amends with, like, probably one of the most import- important people left on his life, who yeah. he he's wronged in a lot of ways. And so, you know, that shows growth, it shows patience, it shows Uhtred caring more about others than he does himself. And those are rare qualities in a medieval Viking warrior. So in in any person, I think <laughs> anyone. <laughs> let's real. Let's get real Debbie Downer right here. Oh, you, man. you can't find that much right. anymore. So, what have yeah. you accomplished in ten years, Utrid? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like you said. I'm going with Breda, um, which I feel like she's probably my most frequent MVP. But she deserves it. She's great. Basically, if Breda shows up, I'm like great A plus winner. No shame in that game. She right. deserved. Yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you just stand Brita all the time? Exactly. Um, like, she's she's a complicated lady, and I love sort of watching her and Uhtred work out their issues. You know, she's so loyal to Ragnar, even when he often didn't deserve it. And she's, you know, she's determined to help him find peace even in death. Um, you know, she's brave. She isn't afraid to send up to any man, whether it's Canute Messenger or Uhtred or Story, like... She's never going to be cowed by people who are trying to make her feel small. Um, And I love that. She's, you know, she got her vengeance. She broke that curse on herself. And I feel like, you know, even though she's lost Ragnar, the love of her life, she's kind of on track to find a little peace now that she doesn't have that curse hanging over her anymore. And I'm, I'm happy about that for her. Get ready to shame none the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane, anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, you go first. All right. Um, story, for sure. Um, oh, not- shocker. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, like, not only is he, like, exploiting these villagers where he's squatting, like, we find out that he cursed Brita, and that, you know, if for any reason... Unforgivable. That, yes, exactly. Unforgivable. He deserves to die for that. Um, but yeah, he's made life a pain, you know, painful for her in, you know, in, for reasons that are 
totally inadequate. Like, what did mm. she ever do to him? She sucked the branch up his ass after he cursed her. After. So, like, get over it. So, yeah, it was uh, satisfying as hell to see her choke him out, honestly. Totally get it. Um, I think, you know, story is obviously the absolute worst. Mm. I will kind of throw in all three of the Danish warlords that are left because sure. they're also grating my nerves. Yeah. Uh, they're messy bitches who live for the drama. And while I respect that they could kill me with like just a pinky finger, <laughs> fighting over a woman in serious need of a bath and bragging about how they off their cousin in his sleep is just, it's eye-rollingly stupid behavior. So let's round him up. Let's burn him at the stake. I don't care. Let's just get rid of them. Yeah, I get it. They are just, the arrogance there is really just the worst. It's, uh, you know, yeah. Don't I, I just feel like these are the guys that, like, would mansplain things to me all the time and would also, like, manspread on the subway. And uh, neither of those things are appealing, so. Absolutely not. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Jessica, would you like to Yay! lead the way? Yeah, yes, I would. Um, okay, so again, not like that thirst. I think, you know, we should just like a blanket across season three and say... Not it's horny. Not, not yeah. going to be the horniest one. I think for me, I know he spent most of this episode arguing with Uhtred and then betraying him. And that's just very terrible. But <laughs> I think there's something about like an angry Citric that just kind of works for the cave woman in me. Mm. Um, he's he's fed up and he's doing something about it. I mean, he's taking charge, making moves. Like, you know, Citric's always been the quiet one of the group, and I think this kind of go-getter attitude really ups his thirst factor in a way. Plus, I don't feel like we've ever shouted out Citric in this segment, so... That's, a real, go, over, that's a real oversight on our part, I yeah, think. I, but, uh, I apologize. <laughs> right. But yeah, I agree. Like, the lizard part of the brain is pretty powerful, and it can be triggered by uh, men taking charge. Um, like we said, like, not a Thursday episode at all, really. So I kind of want to take a moment to talk about Uhtred and Brita's friendship and how much I love it. Um, I feel like we don't see a lot of platonic love between men and women portrayed on screen. You know, I love Harry when Harry met Sally, but I do think that men and women can be friends. They, you know, they managed to do it so well in The Last Kingdom. And, like, honestly, Uhtred's respect and sort of a non-sexual love for women like Brita and Hild... You know, he's, it speaks volumes about who he is. Like, he respects them as people, not just as, you know, potential sexual partners. And, you know, I think that's as woke as you can get on The Last Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, Uhtred seems like a guy who just has no idea what friend zoning means. And mm. that makes me so happy. <laughs> exactly. He knows that the friend zone is bullshit. And he knows yeah. that being friends is great. And that's fine. And It's if, what you should strive for. <laughs> right. Uhtred is happy to get into the friend zone. So Yeah. yeah. He's a woke bro. And there's nothing like hotter than a woke bro. Unless I, he's like a woke Viking warrior bro. <laughs> right. A woke bro with a dirtbag undercut. That's all you want. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's safe to say that we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. And Alyssa, you have a very exciting one. I do. I Last night, I went to see um, Schitt's Creek up close and personal. Um, I went to the Atlanta show, and it was so good. Like, <gasps> it, um, it was... Uh, Dan Levy, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Emily Hampshire, Annie Francis, and Noah Ooh. Reed. They were all there. Oh, it God. was it was amazing. It was like as beautiful and charming as they are on the show, I feel like they're even more like charismatic and amazing on stage and in person. Mm. Um and you know, I I kind of went into it. I wasn't sure, you know, what to expect from this live show. And, you know, I love Schitt's Creek. It's one of my very favorite shows. And so it was really fun to watch it because at the beginning it was kind of just Dan and Eugene riffing on like working on something with your dad and how that's kind of fun and all that. Um, and then everybody else came out and they really did a great job of like digging into everybody, how they found the character and how, you know, how they got the job. And it was really fun and everybody was really funny and shared a lot of insight into the show. And then there was like a Q&A portion and then this there was like a trivia game, and then my possibly my favorite part was when um, Noah Reed sang. He of course sang an acoustic Ugh. version of "Simply the Best," of course. Oh my! But God. he also did an acoustic version of "A Little Bit of Lexus," and <gasps> it was incredible. Did you record it? <laughs> I didn't. I really wish oh, I had recorded I more of the did. show. But also, I was like, I just want to be like in this moment. That was what I kept oh, telling myself I when I was it. watching this show. But it was just, it was wonderful. I can't wait to see what they all do next. Like, as much as I, my heart is breaking that Schitt's Creek is ending after the next season, I just, I'm so excited to see what these brilliant actors do next. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe that you got to go to this. Ugh. It was great. It was so good. He has such a butter voice. Yes. And to, to like, think that he's, like, singing a little bit of Lexus, that song is such a banger. It really, um, like, legitimately ugh. is. Like, I know it's a joke 100%, but they kind of, like, played it as everybody was leaving after the show. And I was like, this this song legitimately slaps. Oh, yeah. I rock out to that song all the time when I'm working out. So I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I don't know if I can compete with that, but I will say that my geek out this week, it's it's a book series that I've read and like reread. And now it's a show um, on Sundance TV, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, Discovery of Witches. Um, it's part of the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness, who is mm-hmm. like such a great writer. Um, and. I mean, my geek out is the book and the show, really. So whichever one you feel comfortable, like, you know, trying out. The show um, specifically has Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good. Always always welcome on my screen. Yeah, I will never complain about seeing Matthew Good on my screen. Um, And it's like about, you know, witches and vampires and uh, specifically kind of this forbidden romance and this this woman who is um, kind of, uh she's really bookish and she's studying in Oxford and so it's like a beautiful setting like it's just so many old libraries and like old buildings and you know I love that kind of shit but yeah um it's a really it's an interesting story because it's not just like oh like forbidden romance between like a witch and a vampire there's a lot going on in it um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of layers to it and like especially this first season and the first really the first book it's about you know, this woman kind of coming into her own and accepting who she is. And um, 
Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. There's such great world building, and there's beautiful people on the show, so... Yeah, that book and that series has been on my to-do list for books and television for the longest time. So now that I have, like, your stamp of approval, (laughs) I need to, like, buckle down and do it because it sounds like it would be 1,000% my shit. I I just can't imagine you not liking it. So, Yeah. yeah, go read it. Let me know what you think. All right, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. Bitches.